There's no porn in the Fallout universe because everybody's already used it so hard that yes. it's completely gone. Uh, that is my running theory. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Atomic Radio Hour, the show that dives into the wreckage that is post-apocalyptia. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, the superstar extraordinaire, Declan. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today's episode, we're going to do the same format we always do, but I want to have a little more of a, of a little bit of a different discussion with you later on in the show, Declan. Sure. Declan has no clue about anything uh, that I'm going to do at all. At any time throughout the show. Let's just kick it off with the lore of the week. I'm down for that. This week's lore, I thought, uh, change it up a little bit uh, and go with something that I think is very prominent, but not prominent enough within the Fallout universe, and that is uh, Hubris Comics. See, I love Hubris Comics. I think that all of their little things, especially in Fallout 4, are so interesting and like really like zany, and it's like my favorite kind of like humor that's in Fallout. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like there to be absurd. It's just a, another conduit of just stupid shit that they could fit in. Yeah, and like those little things make the game so authentic. Oh, yeah. So tell us about it. Started in 2022, uh, printing comics. Their headquarters is in DC and they're owned by Hubris Publishing. Now, that's really all they had on the wiki about Hubris Comics itself. So, are you going to tell us a little bit about, like, their shows slash comics? Yeah, but a lot of them, like, aren't fleshed out but exist. So there's a lot of really funny premises and, like, really great ideas that I really hope we get to see more in 76 of. Okay. Uh, so we, at the very least, know about, like, Grognak, Silver Shroud. What, mm -hmm. el what else is, uh, is interesting? I'll just start it off with the OG, Grognak the Barbarian. Hell yeah. Bragnak the Barbarian, coming from an ancient fantastical world and originally was in comics, later moved to video games and other sorts of media. Uh, and this is actually where the antagonizer is first seen. Wait, the antagonizer? Yeah, the antagonizer comes from Grognak. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where the mechanist came from because it didn't say. Uh, but it's but it's said on Grognak on Grognak's page that the uh, antagonizer came from the series. Uh, I think most comics in this universe cost $23, but Grognak is essentially just a play off of Conan the Barbarian. I'm sorry, can we, can we pause real quick? $23? Yeah, uh, a gallon of gas costs like $1,100. Oh, well that makes a bit more sense. Inflation's just fucked. Uh, the Adventures of Captain Cosmos, uh, something that I wish they would elaborate on a little more. Uh, TV program and comic book. The TV show aired new new episodes and reruns Thursdays at 8 p.m., which is actually most likely a reference to Star Trek. Is it? Yeah. Oh, and most importantly, cool. Jangles the Moon Monkey first shows up here. Yo. It's Captain Cosmos' sidekick. I didn't know that Jangles was like actually a fantasy thing. I thought that was like a real thing that they just sent a monkey to the moon. No, it is. It's based off of um Oh god, I knew his name. It's either Hector or Victor. And then there was Hector or Victor 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Oof. He uh he was the first monkey and the second monkey to ever be in space. In so they based it on real that. life I or in Fallout canon. No, no, in real life. Oh, really? Yeah, they based it on that. Cool. Did you ever play Reign of I'm going to say this wrong. Reign of Greelock? No, I have no clue what that is. Okay, so if you go to the Hubris Comics headquarters in DC, 
There's a terminal where you can play a text adventure game. Really? Yeah, and there's options like go north and check bag and loot body, like a real text adventure game from the early 80s. That's really cool. Is it like a game that like maybe somebody in Bethesda just made and then like slipped it in? Or like, like is that something that was probably like started as a pet project and they're like, hey, what if we just put this in? Maybe. Knowing them, I could totally see it. They have they have the game jams every year. That like That's the only reason why cats are in Fallout 4. Because someone learned how to program cats and they're like, fuck it, put it in the game. Yeah, I heard that. Wasn't that in the no clip? Uh-huh. Cool. That no clip has been like a bible for me. I reference that thing all the time. I still haven't finished the entire thing of it yet. Really? Yeah, I only like saw bits and pieces and like, like fell asleep at some point. I love that. I've watched yeah. it like four or five times. I haven't seen the 76 portion of it at all. Really? Oh my god, dude. Yeah, I've just been taking your I might have to find it. a new co-host. Oof. Uh, here's one of my favorite names for any sort of comic book. Now, follow me, because this is real. I didn't make this up. All right. Kid Wacky's Zany Hijinks. That sounds like something that would be said on, like, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Yeah, it does, does it? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it's just, like, like, like any random word that, like, Griffin would have said. Yeah, and they just kind of would have ran with it for 16 minutes. Which I love. So you want to jump into this Yahoo? Oh, yeah. It was a comic book series that was released in June of 2077. That's it. That's it? There's literally nothing else about it. Uh, what game is it featured in? I... I'm not sure, hmm. but it is referenced somewhere in it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because I don't recall anything like that in Fallout 3 or 4. You know what it could have been? There's a loading screen in Fallout 3 that shows Hubris Comics, and oh. it shows, like, Manta Man, and it shows... And I think it might be on that, like, Grognak and shit. It might be on that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things is kind of how they allude... Fallout alludes to like real life events yeah like did you know the first issue of captain america is captain america punching hitler in the mouth yeah like i think that shit's so freaking cool so they had a show called tales from the front right like about like the war front yeah which i kind of i kind of when i read it i kind of thought like oh it's like mash oh uh, yeah I can see but that. not on for 25 years <laughs> it, well it started off as a comic book series that was sponsored by the military and it was pretty much just a propaganda book i mean they all exist. They had a, three episodes that were for television that were Tales from the Front, Alaska Unbound that came out in June of 2077, Tales from the Front, Liberated Canada, which came out July of 2077, and Tales from the Front, The Red Terror, which came out August 2277. Is I'm sorry, not 22, 2077. If I said 22, I meant 20. My bad. Is that meant to be like a reference to Red Skull? I don't think so. I think they- Or just more because... like Red as in like communist. Yeah. All right. Then there's, uh, which might just be the greatest name for a cowboy ever, Drake Tungsten. Drake Tungsten? Yeah, Chrono Cowboy, released July of 2077. That's all they have about it. It's probably another one of those title card things. I, I would love to hear more about Drake Tung Tungsten. What is Tungsten the metal? Like, what is its properties? Is it, like, really conductive? Or is that the one? Or no, I'm thinking magnesium that lights up, right? Hold on. I think it's a really malleable one. You can't say malleable like I know what it means. I went to public school. Tungsten is a grayish-white lustrous metal, which is a solid at room temperature. Tungsten has the highest melting point and lowest vapor point of all metals at the temperature of 1,650 degrees Celsius. It has one of the highest tensile strengths. I was wrong. It was the strongest metal. Or one of them. Wow. 
It's a an excellent corrosion resistant uh thing. No shit. Yeah. Well, imagine a cowboy, Captain Drake Tungsten. Drake Tungsten. He's literally Drake Strong Metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got metal and it's strong. So to further the whole propaganda movement they had going, uh, underground life is that about Voltec? Kind of. Uh, I thought maybe. It would play off of, like, Boy's Life. Like, okay. Do you remember Boy's Life magazine? Yeah. I mean, I never read them. I always got them because I was in Scout. Oh, really? Yeah. Underground Lo- Underground Life had a Vault Boy special in August of 2077. Uh, and only had two issues that are accounted for. The Vault Boy special, which I think came with a, 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 an Underground Life bobblehead, Vault Boy. Aye, that's cool. Like a cross-promotion. Yeah. And they also had Underground Life, Tim's Big Adventure, September of 2077. I really want to know what Tim's Big Adventure is. I mean, it could be anything. But what do you think Tim's Big Adventure would be? Um, probably, like, rooting through the depths of a vault, finding, like, a stash of something, and then getting in trouble for finding it. You know what? Speaking of stash of something and getting in trouble for finding it... Yeah. You know what I realized? Out of all the magazines Fallout 4 had that you can kind of rifle through... There was no porno mags. I think that was intentional. Why? But not like, not like explicit, like titties, titties, titties. But like, just like a playful, like early Playboy about it. Cause like, did you ever see a cover of an early Playboy magazine? Yeah, they're conservative by their standards. Yeah. Yeah. So like, even if it was just like you have a plus two or a plus something to your charisma whenever you speak like lady to killer or a confirmed yeah. bachelor or something like that but or 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 here let me let me let me rephrase that uh anytime you go to persuade someone of the opposite sex you have a five percent chance of convincing them better yeah like a little buff not anything major but like i feel like that would really fit with the time yeah i mean i think that would make sense i think ultimately it could have been two reasons why that they didn't really want to touch the porn category as just a general thing. And two is that they already had enough magazines for it to feel populated. And no, didn't no, no, want to no. I get that. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm just, with you. That's I'm where I'm like uh, mentalizing it. No, I'm, I'm totally, I get it. But why don't you think they'd want to touch porn? Not that they're going to make porn. I don't know. Like, I just think the whole, the whole theme of like excess and overindulgence and pleasure for the sake of pleasure and not pleasure for the sake of I've worked hard. You know what I mean? I mean... I get that, but think about it. You you always say that humans need three things. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are those again? Uh, the basic human runs off of three things, fear, sex, and nostalgia. And uh, in the wasteland, if you can't find a real sex, what are you going to go find? So you're going to find the book, you're going to hold it in a secret stash, and they're probably going to get used up pretty quick over the, like... 200 years of uh of whacking off <laughs> so <laughs> so your theory is that there's no porn in the fallout universe because everybody's already used it so hard that, yes. that it's completely gone uh, that is my running theory <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me the bombs hit and every everybody was just like i need to touch myself that was everybody's first thought was because think about it that could be that could be like a form of currency i mean hey man i don't have the the the, the water to pay the rent but i got this issue of backdoor sluts nine like oh yeah don't worry we're square <laughs> like you know what i mean exactly yeah damn kate i didn't think of that that they were just like used <laughs> yeah but you don't think they would have got laminated by what you know exactly what i mean when i say laminated i think that would have degraded it worse really 
Yeah. All right. Well, there was another comic by Hubris Comics called Hell's Chain Gang. It was a five-part miniseries that was Hubris Comics and Vault Tech as a partnership. The Vault Boy meets Hell's Chain Gang. Hell's Chain Gang, right? All right. It starred, and I. this is what it said in, like, in-game, starred Vigilant Vigilantes. <laughs> Excuse me, is that a name or a title? No, that's who it stars, is is a vigilant vigilante. Well, the job description is fit. It never actually happened because of the Great War, but it seemed like more propaganda that they were just kind of throwing together all half-acidly. Here's a really cool one. Here's the Fallout, what, what I took to be the Fallout's equivalent of Doctor Strange. Okay, cool. The Inspector. She's a woman, which I thought was cool. Uh, she's a member of the Unstoppables, which we'll get into later. She dresses like a circus ringmaster, right? Okay. She's a magician detective, and in the wiki, I swear to God, it says she performs spells and investigations. And I don't know why, but the way I read performs spells and investigations just kind of tickled me in a weird way. I was like, why would you say it like that? Yeah, that, like, she investigates and casts spells, I feel like it would be better. Yeah, but like like a spell is something you perform, but do you really perform an inspection? Like I guess, but I don't yeah, know, maybe just the way I read it. I don't know, I feel like that's worded a bit weird. So I don't know, that seems a little bit more Doctor Who to me. Really? I'm not big on Doctor Who. I watched a few episodes and really liked it but never got into it. Yeah, I had uh watched most of it like up until a few years ago and then I uh I like fell off the wagon of it. Now the doctor's a woman. Yeah, I know. Uh, apparently this last, like, the last two seasons were really good. I just never got around to finishing them. How many episodes do they do a season? Because I know it's not, like, American television. They do a lot, I think. They do, like, t- 30 or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're, like, big seasons. Well, in England, it's called a series. It's a series like for a we... reason, yeah. No, no, like, we have seasons of a series. Yeah. When a show has a season, it's called a series. And then when the show ends, it's it's the end of the season. Yeah... I guess I never took notice of that. I I, I don't remember why I why I know that, but I, but I remember reading that. Bless you, Jesus. I don't know why I know that, but I remember reading it somewhere and being like, "That's strange." One of my favorite like parodies of actual comics is Manta Man. Manta Man. Uh, it's obviously a play on Aquaman. He's a comic book character. Office of Hubris Comics in Boston says that the recent issues were very very unpopular. Only two people reserved it and then never picked it up. They were going to throw it in the either like half off or like damn near free or free bin. The only two issues that are known to exist are Voyage of the Deep and the Shrimp of Doom. And I would fucking listen to the Shrimp of Doom. I would read the Shrimp of Doom. That sounds so tight. I mean, the Shrimp of Doom, what would that even be? That sounds like amazing. Yeah, the I The only know. better shrimp I've ever heard of is like Shrimp Heaven Now. What's Shrimp Heaven? Shrimp Heaven Now. It's a uh, it's another it's another McElroy goof. There's just uh there was a thing where they read a Yahoo and it was like, How do I get my child to stop yelling in the market? And it was like it it told about like an exploit of what or no, it wasn't that. That this person would draw, like, the the signs on, like, the glass that, like, described what was in the case. Okay. And uh, one time she was, like, labeling it for shrimp. And then this kid walks up, like, it runs away from its mom, walks up and screams, Shrimp heaven now. And just the delivery of it is just amazing. It's just, it's really what funny. Happened? I don't remember. You know what? If you want to find out what happened in the story... 
Get the McElroy brothers on the podcast. Yeah, McElroy brothers, come on the podcast and explain yourself. Shrimp heaven now? Why is it now? So, another uh, fan favorite, and one part that I really, really liked, is the Silver Shroud. The Silver Shroud! Long black trench coat, silver scarf, black fedora, silver Tommy gun. Kent Connolly, and this is th- something that I love, Kent Connolly is actually based on, I want to say it's um, Clark Kent and the guy who invented Superman, they put the two names together. Oh, cool. That's like a nice nod, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I could be wrong with that, so don't quote me, but I know it has something to do with Superman. Uh, he said that the Shroud and Captain Cosmos did a crossover during a, a Thanksgiving special before the war. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, my favorite episodes of cartoons were always the, the Christmas or the Halloween or the Thanksgiving specials. See, like... I re- all I remember is that Jimmy Timmy Power Hour was the littest shit ever as a kid. You really thought it was that cool? I remember not being into it. I was like, yes, this is what we needed the entire time. Really? Yeah. I remember there's a SpongeBob uh, Halloween episode that's so fucking good and they never play it. What one is I it? Look, I look for it every year. Like, I look for the, uh, every year around Christmas, I always look for the Johnny Bravo Christmas special where they go to the North Pole with Donnie fucking Osmond and, uh, <laughs> the Animaniacs movie where Yakko gets a hay penny and then he gets to make a wish and buys two hay pennies to get Dot's surgery. Aww. That's fucking classic. Yeah, I, uh, I really dig the seasonal episodes usually. Especially of, like, uh, of, like, not reality TV, but, like, of, uh, like, sketch and, like, comedy. Like, the seasonal episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine are hysterical. Oh, really? I gotta watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You would love it. It's so good. See, like, you know what's funny? I just said that my favorite episodes of cartoons were always the ho- the holiday-themed ones, but my least favorite episodes of New Girl are the Thanksgiving ones. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Everyone loves them, and they just don't do anything for me. The Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, live in infamy as, like, some of the best episodes. Really? Because they all are the same format with a twist each year. So, like, you're like, ooh, what are they going to do for the next Halloween episode? Huh. Yeah, it's really good. Did did Community have, like, really good holiday episodes? I think they did. They had really good Halloween ones, I remember that. Yeah, I think the Christmas ones were a little meh, but the Halloween ones were really good. No, they had a Christmas one that was all stop motion and it all rhymed. Oh, that one was killer. So... The Silver Shroud is based on three different characters. He's based on a 1930s pulp hero called uh, the Shadow, who had a specialized gun called the Silver Heat. It was a pistol. Oh, okay. Silhouette from the Watchmen had very similar clothing. And the Grey Ghost from Batman, which was Bruce Wayne's favorite superhero growing up. But apparently that was very much based on the Shadow. Okay, so it's mostly just Shadow influence here. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Which, like, that makes sense. The entire, mm-hmm. like, like underlying theme here is, like, dark and, like, snooping in the shadows. Yeah. Now, now, is the Silver Shroud, like, a powered person, or is he a Batman? He's very much a Batman. He's okay. very much a, I have my gun and my code, and fuck you if you get in my way. Alright, I feel that. So, I don't know about you, but I have, like, a weird soft spot for female heroes. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Like, you know that game Horizons that was a PlayStation exclusive? Yeah, you said it was great. I liked it. I thought it was a little eh. 
Um, it wasn't like a 10 out of 10 or anything. It was maybe like a 7.5 on a good day and 8. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not breaking out the yellow flannel for it. The Mistress of Mystery. I think she shows up a couple times in the Shroud's radio show. I don't remember, to be completely honest, because the one time that I remember doing the Shroud quest, I couldn't save Kent. Uh, so yeah. my entire game, I just lost the Shroud. That sucks. Yeah, and I wanted to, like, listen to every episode over and over and over again because it reminded me of Herbert Daring Dashwood. Which, you know what? Honorable mention to Herbert Daring Dashwood real quick. Oh, yeah. And his Starwad cool manservant, Argyle. Argyle. Now, the Mistress of Mystery, let me get back on track, is the Shroud's former lover and companion. And she speaks all in alliteration, which I absolutely love. I love alliteration. So, she doesn't really show up that much that we know of, but she does show up in a little group called the Unstoppables. Now, you're bigger on the MCU than I am. Yes. The Unstoppables is pretty much their version of, like, the Avengers or the Justice League. Okay. That consists of the Sh- the Silver Shroud, the Mistress of Mystery, the Inspector, Manta Man, and Grognak the Barbarian. Alright, that seems pretty, uh, pretty much a, an Avengers thing, yeah. It, even... Even I remember watching the Justice League show, like the cartoon back in the day, and I remember that was pretty good, but it was more of, like, there was more people, where the Avengers now are, like, the five of them. So I could see if they based it more on that. Well, the Avengers now is, like, a shit ton. No, no, I'm saying, like, the, the, the Avengers, like, from the movies. Like, yeah, there's a shit ton now, but when I think of it, I still only think of the Hulk, Iron Man, Hawkeye, uh, Iron Man, and there's someone I'm missing. And um, Scarlett and Cap- Johansson. Yeah. And Captain America. How did I forget Captain America? So six of them. Yeah. But still. Now, that's all I have for Hubris Comics, but... What kind of got me to want to do this as a topic uh, is another podcast that I listen to called This American Life. Do you listen to This American Life? I don't. I think you've told me about it a few times. I love it. I just I just really like storytelling podcasts. And when I'm at work, especially if I could just kind of turn my brain off and listen to a good-ass story. So they had one. And I thought this would fit into the, to the whole theme of today's episode. Would you rather... Now, this is a serious question for you, Declan. Okay. Would you rather have the ability to fly or be invisible? Hmm. And why? You're not going to let me pull the bullshit of, you answer first, right? You want me to answer first? Yeah, kinda. Flight. See? Flight. Flight. 110% flight. You want me to tell you why so you have some time to think? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to stall? No, no, I, I have an answer. Okay, then I won't tell you. No, then tell me why. Okay, good, I will. Right, so, cool. invisibility's cool. You could go invisible and, like, steal a bunch of shit and, like, steal the Hope Diamond and sell it on the black market. Whatever. Yeah. Cool. It'd make a ton of money. But think about how liberating being able to fly would be. Yeah, like, that's like, humans, like, in general, have always just, like, been fascinated by flight. And basically having one free pass to just be able to do that would be incredible. Like, I think if I had the ability of flight, I would be such a more relaxed person. I wouldn't care about being places on time, because I wouldn't have to worry about driving. I wouldn't care about, yeah, today at work it sucked, but at least I get to fly home. Yeah. I'm going to go jump off a mountain and then kind of like glide down and just kind of be free. I never have to pay for concerts. Just like fly above them? I'll just fly above a concert and hang out. And like, I would just kind of, you know, hang out. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be any different. I'd just be like, there's Vince, the fucking flying pizza boy. Like, you know what I mean? Like just something like- pizza man. (laughs) Yeah, like just something (laughs) stupid. Like I would, I would never, I don't think I'd ever really be upset. I think I'd be like- Alright, well, this sucks, but I think for dinner I'm gonna fly to California. Yeah, but, like, how fast would you be able to fly? Would you get I think to choose? 
I think fast enough where my skin wouldn't rip off and I wouldn't be uncomfortable and, like, I wouldn't have to wear a new shirt every time. Okay, so, like... You know what I mean? It would take a while to get places, I would feel like. But yeah. But, like, still, you would cut travel in, like, a fraction. Oh, yeah. I could go from... I can go from the East Coast to the West Coast in, like, three hours. Yeah. Well, that's, and, that's fast as shit, dude. Well, yeah, that's actually faster than a plane. I think when I yeah. went out to the West Coast, it was, like, four... No, it was, like, five hours on a plane. All right, whatever. Shut up. But if I wanted to fly from the Northeast... To the southeast, and I could do it in, like, two hours, like a plane. Like, that beats driving. Like, if I can go as... How fast does a plane go? Like, six, seven hundred miles an hour? Um... I think no. if it's uh if it's draw if it's dragging its ass it is. Really? How fast is the speed of sound? Commercial jet aircraft cruise at about 400 to 500 knots, which is anywhere from 500 miles an hour to a th- 900 miles. Or wait, from 400 miles an hour to 5 to 600 miles an hour. Okay. So if I can go that fast, if I can go as fast as like a 747. So, yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty convenient. Would you get tired? Would you seem to eat? I don't know. I don't think it's... I think it's more of a super... Like, I don't think I'd have wings. Yeah. Like, See, I, I think if I had just... to pick a superpower, it would be to have wings. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah, but think about how inconvenient that would be. You go buy a suit, and it's like, oh, I gotta get a tailor to have fucking wing holes. No, like, say that they'd just be, like, kind of like D&D wings. Like, um... You have to explain that to me. Like, uh, Asimar have the ability to have wings, but only, they're, they're only summonable. They're mm. not, like, physical pieces unless your DM allows it. It's okay. more like, oh, they turn, like, light, it's like hardened bits of light that just turn into, like, ethereal, like, like ghost-like wings. See, I feel like that'd be cool really? as shit. Yeah. That would be really cool. So, so... Like, kind of like stained glass on your back. Oh, that'd be so tight. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the superpower to get is, is flying. If I had the ability between... Flying and invisibility, it would definitely be flight. But what would you would you pick invisibility? Um, I've entertained the idea of visibility, but I feel like if I chose a vis- invisibility, I would become a bad person. Really, go on. Cause I would just turn invisible and probably take things. Re- you really think so? I think I'm generally a good person, but like, if things got tough, I would just be I'd be so easily available to get whatever I wanted that, like, why wouldn't you do it? So, like, I think I would definitely do flight, but only if I got to have cool wings. So, um, either cool wings... Okay, now, do you think you would become a, uh, a superhero? I feel like a big component of being a superhero that flies is having the strength to back it up. So, unless I had super strength, I would not become a superhero. I would just use it as a convenient form of locomotion. Really? Yeah, or just to look dope. <laughs> yeah, imagine pulling up on a date and just, yeah, what's up? Yeah, so my glass wings, yeah, get on my back. Now, could you do that? Do you think you'd be able to carry someone on your back? I mean, I think, like, piggyback style, I, I feel like would be enough. You say piggyback style, and my back hurts. <laughs> everybody everybody thinks, like, piggybacking's the way to go until you do it and walk ten steps. Yeah, like, it's not ideal, but if you're, like... I, if you're generally weightless in a flying type environment, yeah, maybe it'll take slower, but you can get someone. Either, either that or, like, marriage-like pose, where you have them, like, in your arms. Oh, like the, okay, the yeah. marriage pose. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> no, I but I knew exactly what you what you meant when you said it. Yeah. I don't know, I think, the, the thing I was listening to that gave me this idea was saying that there's two groups of people and that pick flight and invisibility, and a lot of women pick invisibility, and a lot of men pick flight. Yeah. They were saying, they said a lot of things that you said. Like, if you were invisible, you'd just start taking shit. Yeah. Like, there's no consequences to your actions. Yeah. But, then at the same time, like, if you go invisible, are your clothing going invisible? Do you have to be naked while you do it? See, I would like to entertain the idea that clothing, any of your personal artifacts become invisible with you. Alright, so say that you're, you go invisible, right? And you yeah. sneak into, like, your favorite German bakery, right? 
Okay. And they make these immaculate chocolate chip cookies that they make with like brown sugar and like three sticks of butter a cookie. Oh my god. And and the chocolate chips are so fucking thick that like they're just as thick if not thicker than the cookie itself. And like when they're warm, thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. You thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. And when you get them and they're warm, and you crack them in half and take a bite, it's the closest you're ever gonna get to being inside your mother's womb again. And now imagine you're invisible. Yes. And you sneak into this bakery, right? All right. And as you sneak into this bakery, when you grab a cookie, does it turn invisible too, or does it look like a cookie's floating away? Because after a while, they're going to be like, Tim, put the fucking cookies down. There's two ways to look at it. It's that whatever you started with stays invisible, or whatever you touch becomes invisible. So, you're kind of banking on whatever I touch turns invisible? Yeah, but so like, kinda like King to Midas. a reasonable degree. Like, you can't just, like, touch the ground and the entire earth becomes invisible. Like, that's not reasonable. But, like, oh, I... If I'm outside and it's raining, I can take out my umbrella. I can pick up that person's umbrella, and it's an invisible umbrella. You want prestigitation to a point, yeah. Okay. Like minor, like minor satellite invisibility. Like if I pick something up that is like say less than like two cubic feet in in volume, then that would be the invisibility. What if you pick something up that's three? That it just wouldn't. Volume. It just wouldn't become invisible. No, you don't think like only two cubic feet of it would become invisible? Um, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of like an all or nothing kind of thing. Because okay, so say say there was like a, a, a group, like like a support group, like an AA meeting of yeah. superheroed in, or superpowered individuals that they met up in like a church basement. And they yeah. sat in a corner, and there was, like, stale donuts and coffee and shit. And it's like, hi, my name's Phil, and I've been invisible since I was 12. And everyone's like, hey, Phil. Do you think that, like, if enough of them got together, they could make, like, the... I don't know what it's called, but the Bean in Chicago? What is that thing called? <laughs> the Bean. What is it called? It's called the Bean. Is it? The Chicago Bean, yeah. Okay, because the Bean seemed too fucking elementary. I didn't think they'd actually name it the Bean. But if you think if, like, enough of us got together, we could just invisibil the Bean? I don't know. I mean, uh, would... Is the power... Hmm. It depends on how the power was given. If the power was, like, manifested intrinsically, like, inside of yourself, then I feel like it could only be as useful as it is to yourself. But if it was created, like extrinsically like say by an injection okay that, like an external source had created it and they created it with multiplication in mind and then that would be a case where you can work together to like cover like a big space how would you want to be given this power like it, whether it be flying or invisibility or what yeah 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 um be born with it and it manifests with age okay kind of like you go through puberty and it's like oh well, i got wings now <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, let me ask you this. If you had the ability to go invisible, or if you had the ability to fly, and you were in school, like high school, like junior high... Yeah. Do you think you get picked on, or do you think you'd be the coolest kid in the class? Um, invisibility, you'd be a freak. Flying, you'd be a hero. You think so? Yep. Why? Because, uh, I don't know, I feel like uh, when people think flying, they think freedom. They think uh, power. And when you think invisibility, you think subversion. And you think secretive and maybe even manipulative and i feel like just those associated uh stereotypes and emotions like kind of hit you even if you don't think about it i see i think 
if you were, and this just speaks for the school that we went to, if I had the ability to fly, they would never stop asking me to be on a sports team. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no rules saying I can't do it. Just like pick up the pick up the football and fly it to the end goal or the field. But at the same time, goal, I yeah. think the same thing with invisibility. Give the ball to the invisible kid and see what he does. Yeah, like that'd be great for like soccer. Yeah, well, yes and no because then you'd have to pick up the ball. Not, because every not time you kick the ball, it'd go invisible. Well, then well, how long does your invisibility work? If it's if it's something you're touching within so much space, let's say this, let's say the space of a basketball or like a like a soccer ball or a football, right? All right. If I kick it, it goes invisible. But then as soon as it leaves my foot. So it would it'd be only be again. in the blink of an eye that it, like, pops out of existence, unless yeah. you're holding it. So you're going to cheat? I mean, that's up to you. But everyone's going to know that you're cheating. Yeah, I mean, only if they know if you're on the team. Oh, fuck. Okay. Like, what if you're, like, the secret sauce? And, like, Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. Like, so just be on the team, but don't tell like anybody you're on the, you're on the team. Like, you're on the team as, like, as, like the, the manager of the team. And then, like, oh, hey, uh, coach, I'm going to the bathroom. But secretly, you go invisible and go onto the field and make the, them win the game. Okay, but what happens when I'm gone every game and someone's like, how come Inviso Bill over there is never here? What if they don't know you're in- invisible? What if this has all been a giant, like, secretive thing? Like, the Incredibles. Well, you don't. Okay, but you don't think that eventually someone would be like, you're the manager of the team. Where the but fuck to, are you? Yeah, we get to the first quarter and you're just shitting your brains out every game. Like, do you just have like... And I guess like in today's day and age, you could be like, I have a disability where I fucking shit constantly. I mean, like, IBS is real. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying like, I couldn't think of the name of it. That's why I just said a disability. Yeah. But I'm saying like, you could be like, you know what I mean? I don't know. But I think, I don't know. There's just something about flying to me that's so... Liberating and free, right? I was yeah. right with my stereotypes. You were, you were. Like, I just want to, I don't know, just, just, I could fly. just the idea of not having to, like, to worry about, like, fuck my car. The only thing that would suck is in the winter. Yeah, because, like, air chill is, oof. Maybe you would have, yeah. like, a winter car or, like, a snowmobile. <laughs> <laughs> just a winter car. Like, yeah. that's your version of the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, just, like, a snowmobile. Yeah. yeah just, you have a snowmobile honest, in case. If I could fly like that, I'd move to, like, the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I'd go somewhere, like, decently warm. Or, yeah. No, you know what I would do? I would live in... I'd live right outside of Seattle for most of the year, and then, like, a bird, I'd fly south. That's pretty funny. Because you know what? You know what? Here, here let's, let's, let's think of other superpowers. Would you rather live forever? No. Why? I would not want to Just live forever. That already like shut me down. Torture. Why? I do Why? not want to live forever. Why do you think it sounds like torture? I... Oh, it just sounds like the worst. Like you need how, to elaborate. There has to be a point where you become so bored or just so like finished with everything that you would just want to be done. Really? And like at that point your loved ones have all passed on and like you're just alone forever. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. But you know what I would do? What was your other option? I'm sorry, I cut you off. I don't even remember. You cut me off and I was so ready to talk about living forever. You know what I would do? If what? I lived forever, every 20 years I'd reinvent myself and come back as, like, the next big thing. Yeah? Like, from, like, 90 to 2005, I'd be, like, Steve-O. I know <laughs> I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna jump off cliffs. I'm gonna be impaled. I'm gonna be the craziest thing ever. And then one day it's gonna be, like, I died in, like, a... F- like, I was tying my shoe and lost my balance because I had a cold and broke my neck on the table. And, like, you didn't actually die, but you made it look like a big scene. Yeah, and then, Then like, you got your I guy come- to make you a new social security number. Yeah, and then I come back 15, 20 years later, I hang out with all the money that I already made, right? Yeah. Like, money would mean nothing to me, because I would just make it constantly, because I would come back and just keep reinvesting and reinvesting. 
under yeah. fake names. Of course. Come back in like few years and be like, oh, this guy Elon that's making electric cars and is saving the planet. And yeah, I just gave him a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah, just throw me into space. I'm just gonna walk around in space without a suit on. Just do it. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. And then and then send me back to Earth and just say that I was like, I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna ride the spaceship back. I'm gonna ride whatever shuttle comes back. Like uh, how I learned to love the bomb. Doctor Feelgood. You ever see that movie? Mm-mm, no. There's a scene where they drop a bomb out of a plane and he's riding it and he's like waving his cowboy hat. That's I have seen I that r- scene though, yeah. Yeah, I want to ride the, the spaceship back to Earth like that and just say that I burned up in the atmosphere. But you're and actually even, still alive. Yeah, but even if I if I can feel pain, if I've been alive for 2,000, 3,000 years, pain is nothing. Like, yeah. I know what every pain feels like. I've shot, I've shot fucking nails through my hand as a party trick. Oof. You know what I mean? But at that at that same time, like Captain America gets the gets the shot and can't drink. Like if he tries to get drunk, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, he's just like so like metabolizing. Yeah, so like where where is the line? It depends on how it depends on the terms and conditions of the power. But like, what's like another power that would be interesting? Super strength? Do you think super strength is overrated? I don't think it's overrated. It's done. Beat. Really? Why? I feel like uh, if you had super strength, you would just be like abducted by the government for experiments to be run on you. You think they try to take the gene out of you? Well, that's the other thing. They would try to do the Captain America. They would try to reverse engineer whatever you got. Yeah. But how do you know, like, if you're flying or invisible, the the government's not going to be like, come on, like, you're coming with us, like... But then, guess what? Just fly the fuck away. Yeah, but they have, like, Apache attack helicopters and shit. Destroy it. Well, no, then I'm a terrorist. I just want to fly and buy Chinese food and eat it, like... Like, imagine going to the drive-in. You and get just the best like, seat in the house. Yeah, and just eating fucking Chinese food and flying. Like, I, like I would, if I could do that, I would sit above people's cars and accidentally, quote-unquote, <laughs> drop an egg roll. Drop mini corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just drop an egg roll on someone's head. Dude, I would mess with so many teenagers trying to get lucky. Ooh. Like, go to make-out point and just land on top of the, I would buy a hook. And land on top of their car and make, like, the whole thing, like, shake and rattle. And then take the hook and, like, drag it across the hood. So when the guy gets out and he's like, what's going on, man? Just fucking... Because in my mind, it's still the 50s. And uh, when he gets out in his fucking letterman jacket and she gets out in her fucking poodle skirt. She's like, come back in and French me more. And he's just like, no, I gotta beat this guy up. Just fuck with him. Like, that'd be so much fun. I feel like it would get really lonely no matter what power I have because I can't share that experience with somebody. But I feel like it'd be easier to share the experience of flight if I can, like, pick them up by their shoulders. And, like, Titanic them but not in the water. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that'd be cool. Kind of like Peter Pan. Yes, kind of. Yeah. So what's another power? Um... I think telekinesis would be, like, the coolest shit ever. Okay, explain to me to how that would work. able to move things with your mind. It's basically being able to manipulate matter with your mind. You really think that would be a good one? Oh, absolutely. I think if we had the I can look at a that, car no. and pick it up. Yeah, but don't you think everybody becomes super lazy? I mean, if everyone had it. If I had telekinesis, I'd weigh 600 pounds. If I had telekinesis, I would do, I would do superhero. I'd become superhero. Really? Yeah. Why that? Because... A building comes down, I look at it, and it's no longer down. Just, like, save, like, hundreds of people. So you don't think you having a power to begin with would give you this overwhelming sense of right? I mean, I think it would. You know who I am as a person. Yeah. I'm kind of right. Like, I I act a little righteous. Like, that's why I was kind of surprised when you were like, I'd be evil. Right away. Because, like, I thought that would be my answer, but I really don't think it would be. I think I would finally have that feeling of freedom. No matter what power. Because, like, even telekinesis, if I can manipulate matter, that means I can pick myself up and levitate. 
Yeah, basically. So maybe this is too strong of a power. Like you know how they have to have like a check and like a checks and balance system. Yeah. Like maybe that's just too strong of a power. I don't know. I feel like telekinesis is like a cool one. Yeah, but think about how you could just manipulate people. Well, what do you mean by that? You could go to Disney World and lift everybody up and just skip the front of the line and nobody's going to stop you. I mean, if you're Because if dick. anybody tries to throw a punch, you're just going to throw fucking Mickey Mouse at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's basically the equivalent of having like a fizz gun in Gmod, just whipping things at each other. I think telekinesis is the corrupting power. It's kind, it kind of is. I think if I had telekinesis, I would become a bad guy. Yeah. I'd become it's a definitely it's definitely one of those powers that could easily be branded as a villainous power. Yeah. What's another like common villainous power? Money. Yeah. A lot of my favorite bad guys aren't. They don't have powers. They're just rich. They're just people. Like the Joker is just a man who's fucking nuts. Yeah. He's just a nut job. I feel like super speed. Super speed is a very heroist power. In my opinion. Really? Why? I should say heroic. It's a very heroic power. Like, look at the Flash. Okay. Like, he just, like, subverts, like, any amount of waiting to save people. Yeah, but don't you think that would be too overwhelming? I mean, I'm sure to begin with it would be overwhelming. Like, think, if you were were in New York, right, and everybody knew about this super speed power. Yeah. You'd, like, you'd have, like, a pager that, like, goes off. And you could be in New York, like, saving somebody, right? And you're, like, beep, 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 goes off. And it's, like, oh, fuck, I gotta run to Miami quick. And then you're going to Miami. And then you're going to California. And then you're going to Vermont. And then you're going to here and there and Boston and back. And it'd be, like, oh, my God. I mean, like, hey, you want to come out to dinner tonight? No, I can't. I gotta run to fucking Syracuse quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, yeah. Like, I I wouldn't tell anybody I, I had super speed. But I wouldn't worry about getting to places on time, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, what about just Spider-Man powers? Okay. I'm here for this conversation. The only thing is Spider-Man cannot shoot webs out of his hands. The yeah. only time that was ever a thing was in the Tobey Maguire movies. It's all, it's uh, the mechanics and like the electronics. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's an invention. The yes. power is the fact that he can like hold and grip, uh, grasp onto things. And that he's like, he's strong. And like nimble, yeah. Yeah, like, totally. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, if I could if I could just kind of... Like, it's kind of pointless and it kind of isn't. I would need the webs. Like, I would need something to kind of swing back and forth. And Spidey Sense. Imagine having Spidey Sense. It's like, oh, this feels wrong. Like, I don't feel good. And then all of a sudden... I don't feel too good, Mr. Stark. But, like, I don't know. I think... I think if I had that kind of ability, I think I would find Elon Musk and be like, make me a web shooter. Yeah. Like, I need a rope so I can swing. All right. So, considering that this is Fallout, what kind of powers could come from radiation? We know from the QuakeCon stuff that uh, there's a mutation called Birdboned. Yeah, so that could make you light enough to be able to fly, potentially. Well, you could... It, I think it just said that you can carry less but jump higher. Yeah, so you can, like, do, like, these giant leaps. Like, Oblivion acrobatics-esque leaps. Yeah, yeah. You ever see Morrowind, like, you can mix spells together? Yeah, that was so cool. So you could, like, mix a spell together and die instantly or jump the whole map. Yeah, based on just how, like, stupid buff you make it. Yeah, there's also something about a marsupial. So, like, kangaroo powers activate. Kangaroo man! Who do you think's, like, not to go off of mutations, but who do you think's, like, the most worthless superhero ever? Man, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have decent merit. Really? Yeah, I mean, Even the Wonder Twins... 
I don't even know who the Wonder Twins are. Oh, the Wonder Twins are fucking incredible. Every time I think about them, I don't know why, but I automatically think of Donnie and Marie Osmond. All right, well then, who are the Wonder Twins? I to bring no up clue. the fucking Osmonds twice in this same podcast. <laughs> uh, Wonder Girl, I guess. I don't even know their names. It's it's the girl, the sister, the twin can turn into any animal, right? Okay. And the brother can turn into a bucket of water. The fuck? Yeah. And then they have a monkey that hangs out with them. Alright, so turning into any animal, that's pretty dope. Like, look at like Druids Beast Boy? from D&D. Yeah, Beast okay. Boy. Like, you can just turn into, like, a woolly mammoth and just, like, crush cars. But turning into yeah. a bucket of water? Yeah. What you gonna do? Fill up some water balloons? You gonna put out, like, a campfire? Yeah. Look up Look up the Wonder Twins cartoon from back in the day. It's it's a fucking joke. Like, the original Space Ghost, before Adult Swim made it into the masterpiece that it is now, like, it's so fucking... It's the same angles, like, six times. Yeah, this looks very much, uh... It does look very much like Space Ghost. Yeah, it's, like, the same kind of... I think it came out of... It came out of Hanna-Barbera. So it's, yeah. like, the same art style. Even Space Ghost had six angles and was interesting. I mean, Space Ghost is a masterpiece. Now it is. What, what, like, Mike Laszlo, Mike Lazo and fucking George Lowe did for Space Ghost is fucking incredible. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking, I wish they could bring that back. I wish. They're bringing back Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, attorney at law, but now he's fucking a Supreme Court justice. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I might, like, actually watch cable to see that. The Wonder Twins are fucking pointless. Like, 3D Man? You know about 3D Man? Hold on. The Wonder okay. Twins are both members of the Junior Super Friends. <laughs> really? Who's in the Junior Super Friends? I don't know, but I gotta. So, we have, alright, in order, Snapper Car. Okay. Robin. Okay. Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. The Wonder okay. Twins. Yep. And Gleek, I guess, is the name of the monkey. And, uh, that's it. So, the only cool one's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and that says a lot. Yeah. That's old Robin, too. Yeah, it's not even Teen Titans Robin. Did you see the new Teen Titans show? The well, live-action te- show? Did you see the trailer for it? Oh, for Titans? Yeah. It looks too dark. Yeah, there's a scene where they're like, where's Batman? And Robin's like, fuck Batman. Get the fuck out of here. Come on. They took the teen out of me? Titans. They just said, they, they literally called it Titans. Yeah, like... That and, like, they're they're saying it's debuting on DC's new streaming platform. Which I'm not going to buy. No, but, like, but you I can watch I barely Arrow like and, DC. Yeah, they can't fucking make a good movie to save their life. Fucking like, Suicide Squad was a joke. This is coming from the person that loves Batman. You love Batman. Yeah, yeah, I love Batman. I fucking love Batman. And they can't make a good... And don't give me that Chris Nolan bullshit, because if you're a real fucking Batman fan, you would have been real fucking pissed off. Why would you make, on a new streaming platform, why would you make a dark series to start? Yeah, you would want something, ideally, to be inviting. Or, like, you start yeah. with a comedy, because it's easy. They should have made the Wonder Twins comedy hour. It should have been, like, like a show, like, uh, um... Like Sonny and Cher, but the Wonder Twins like and a they're variety all washed show. up. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's a that variety so show and they're funny. all washed up. And they're just like, this is all we can do because we're fucking pointless. Yeah. And, like, that'd be such a cool show. DC, if you're listening, fucking hire me to write it. Just think about how cool that would be. That would get yeah. people to watch it because people, like, probably our parents' age grew up watching that Hanna-Barbera, Wonder Twins, Space Ghost, all that shit. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So they would have like an appreciation for it. They would they would get it. They would understand it. They'd be like, okay, I can rock with this, and I and can show be, my kids this. It would be immediately like entertaining and just funny because it comes slightly from a place of stupidity and slightly from a place from a place of nostalgia and love. Yeah, like the best way, the best. I think the one of the best ways to get a laugh is to laugh at yourself. Oh, easily. Like if you tell somebody, hey, hey I'm a fucking idiot. I shit my pants. Like, ha ha ha. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, people are automatically going to be like, oh, you're making fun of you? That means I can do it too. And then you're in on it. So if they made fun of themselves, <clears throat> if they made fun of themselves with the Wonder Twins Variety Hour, think about how great that would be. That'd be really funny. Or you can just, like, release Fuck Batman the show. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck Batman. Fuck you. Fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would Robin say that? What motivation does Robin have to say, fuck Batman? What did Batman ever do to him? Like, depending on which Robin it is, he saved his fucking life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd love to get this, and it's like, it's like, fucking, oh, hi, uh, yeah, Bruce saved me from the fucking circus where my parents were murdered. So, fuck, fuck Bruce. Fuck you. Yeah. Come on. And, like, and especially if it's the newest... If it's the newest, uh, Damon, if it's Damon Wayne, which is Batman's fucking son. Fuck you, dad. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, dad. This isn't a fucking phase. Me and my friends are gonna go hang out at the mall and beat the shit out of bad guys. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Is Cyborg even in it? They're gonna make Cyborg white. Oh, if they do, that would be just, like, totally fucking the worst. Like, did you see what they did to, um... They did the Starfire in the comics? No. Oh, wait, they made they her make a it... slut. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that. They There's a whole thing where she's like, a Tamaranian doesn't need yada yada to get fucked. Like, what are you kidding me? I just, I don't, like, that's my gripe with Suicide Squad, is that they made Harley Quinn way too over-sexualized. Yeah, it's really appealing to the male fantasy. Not, no, not even that. I know, like, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's that bad that, like, two dudes are complaining... <laughs> yeah, yeah, It just must like, be fucking excessive. I don't I don't give a fuck about PC anything. If you want to say whatever the fuck you want, go ahead and say it. But if I'm sitting here saying that Harley Quinn was way too over-sexualized, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to you wanna add any final thoughts, Declan? I do want to revisit our radioactive superpower. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. What kind of radioactive superpower would you like? I would like the radioactive superpower to absorb radiation from someone else. Oh, you want to be like um like a like a radioactive sponge. Yeah. Call me the sponge. What would no, your tagline be? Sopping up that radioactive mess. No, what would your backstory know. be? I was holding a sponge when the bombs dropped. <laughs> And now I suck all of those atoms away. I was thinking a janitor at a, at a school <laughs> and just kind of, what would your name be? I don't know. What, like my like mundane name? Yeah, like your your real name, not your, uh, your, it would your, be... your secret identity. Frank Porison. Frank like Porus, Por like a sponge, like, like. <laughs> See, I was going to, I was thinking like uh, Roger Brillo. Or something. Okay, see, I didn't want to go for the brands. Yeah. And I didn't want to just be absorbent, Robert! I don't know, I don't think, I think, when I think of radiation superpowers, I automatically think of the Hulk. Yeah, 
I guess. But the Hulk is just basically super mutant. Yeah. Um, what's like a different original like radioactive superpower that you would be interested in having? Oh, did you ever see the Toxic Avenger? No, I don't know what that is. You have to see the Toxic Avenger, Declan. Goddamn. It's it takes place in New Jersey. It's by Troma. It's terrible. I love it. Well, it's what is this it? dude who's like he's like a geeky loser and he gets thrown into like a vat of radioactive material and he comes out as this like sloth from the Goonies looking motherfucker who just Ooh. yeah <laughs> that was the best reaction you've ever given me the delay on it just the oh that came out of your mouth i mean you probably like mentally saw it even though we're 400 miles away yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he just like and started killing it like just started sticking up for all the nerds and he would like go to bullies and be like hey stop it and they'd be like, what are you going to do? And he'd be like, yeah. And like, oh, dude, you've never seen it? There's like six Toxic Avenger movies. No. Oh, dude, it had a cartoon show in like the 90s. Did he yeah, look Yeah, Toxie. Like they called him Toxie. Yeah, and he looked like Sloth. It might have been the same act. Really? Yeah, because it was it was by Troma. And if you know anything about Troma, they make the worst fucking B movie. They make B movies that are so B movies, they're almost C movies. Like, Ooh. <laughs> they'll, they have one called like a toxic rednecks or something that it was shot on like an early nineties VHS camcorder. Oh no. And it's oh, like no. a couple of guys with their friends. They can barely keep up the, the foot down home Southern accent of the redneck. Like it's so good. They make, apparently that's where, um, I could be wrong with this, but Matt Stone and Trey Parker got their start. Really? They, it, it could have been while they were making South Park or right before they started making South Park, they went to Troma and made a movie or a short film or something. Yeah, because Troma would give like, here's five grand, go make a movie. Wow, what a budget. They would give you nothing and then you'd have to like fill in the rest. They used to have booths at like Comic-Cons. Really? I went to Philly or New York Comic-Con and Troma had a booth. Yeah, that I remember the guy was like a representative from Troma. I think they might have stickers. I might, if I have an extra one, I'll give it to you. That like they were selling Toxic Avenger lunchboxes. Oh, that was probably awesome. Did you pick yeah. one up? What's up? Did you pick one up? No, I wasn't super into it. And I, I'd only ever seen like Toxic Avenger 4 because they used to play it on G4. Remember G4? Oh, rip G4, yeah. Dude, I miss G4. G4, like low key, and I hate people who say low key, but G4 low key is the reason why this podcast exists. For real? Think so? Because the first time I ever saw E3 footage of any sort was watching Todd Howard talk to Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler at E3 about Fallout 3. Hmm. So in a weird kind of butterfly effect, everything kind of uh, becomes full circle. G4 is somewhat the reason why we have this podcast today. Huh. And I remember watching that and going, this game looks awesome. I have never seen a game that is the the future and the past at the same time and it's a first person shooter but it's not like i remember i wrote a list that year of games that i wanted to buy and fallout 3 was at the top it was so, destined from the start like you know what i mean like just kind of a weird yeah everything yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, comes yeah. back type of thing so yeah cool did did we answer your question i'm sorry i just got off on a couple tangents there uh, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we got that. You sure? I don't want you to feel slighted. No, I'm not slighted whatsoever. You know who else would be slighted? Who? If we didn't mention Shane Ivers. Oh, Shane Ivers! He's the guy that made Feather Duster. It's our wonderful intro track. And if you want to download that song, you can get it off silvermansounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster. Now, Declan, Shane Ivers. 
Never met him, but he sounds like a swell fella, right? A swella, if you would. Sounds like quite a swella. He seems like the kind of guy I'd want to sit... I don't know if he drinks, but I'd sit down and I'd buy, I'd buy him a cup of something. But you know who else is someone I'd like to sit down with and buy them a cup of something? Who? You. Oh, yeah? If you want to do that, you can find me at Declan underscore BN on Twitter. And if you'd like to find myself, you can find me on Twitter at The Boogans. That's at The underscore Boogans. All capitals. You can also follow the show at Atomic Radio Hour. On Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram at Atomic Radio Hour. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Atomic Radio Hour. And we'd love to hear a little bit of feedback from everyone uh, who listens. We'd love to hear what kind of shows you guys want to hear in the future. If you have any critiques about anything we've done, any topics you'd like to hear about, lore you'd like to hear about, uh, anything that's going on within the news in the gaming variety that you want to hear about. We just yeah, want to get a we want to get a little bit of a discord back and forth with uh with uh the community. Uh you want to plug anything Declan? I uh I don't think I need to be plugging anything except maybe our big project that I talked about a few weeks ago. Aha. I am very excited about this. Yeah, we have a wonderful uh, wonderful noir for you this week. So this story the original concept was given to us by Kyle, friend of the show. Come back on the show, Kyle, please. And um, I, I went to Kyle when we first started the podcast. I think we were on, like, episode one, and I was like, Kyle, I want to have a noir. Um, I want to have a detective story. I, I was playing a lot of L.A. noir, and I was thinking about Nick Valentine and how interesting of a character he I, I thought he was, and... I know Kyle was a big fan of noir, so I said, Kyle, if you come up with a concept, we can flush it out together. So, like, a day later, Kyle hits me back and is like, yo, I have this entire idea. So, over the course of two days, Kyle, Declan, and myself got together and we wrote this. I think Kyle, before the show starts, has a little kind of one-off, right? Yeah. So, he'll give you he'll give you the skinny of it, but it kind of, uh... It kind of became like a weird like passion project. Yeah, it's going to be a lot bigger than our previous projects. This episode is going to probably be significantly longer than the rest. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, do keep on tuning in. So uh, thank you once again for listening to Atomic Radio Hour, the show that dives into the wreckage that is post-apocalyptia. My name has been Vince. And I'm Declan. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Be safe out there. And now we present to you the mysterious tales of Detective Don Dixon. How did I end up like this? In some pre-war warehouse getting beat up by three goons uglier than a super mutant on a bad hair day. Hanging from some large metal hook all bundled up like some sort of present. Well, happy birthday, Dixon. You got yourself wrapped up in a whole heap of trouble this time. Seems like only a week ago I was sitting in my office when some dame walked in. Her platinum blonde hair was as inviting as the memory of the retrieve I had when I was a kid. Reminded me of all those hot and humid summers that we'd play ball and splash around in the Potomac. Now if her hair didn't pull me in, it was that red sequin dress that brought me back to when I was younger. When you'd meet your special girl outside the movie house and she'd peck you right in front of the fellas. That special warm feeling that fleets with age. And she was giving me a ten course meal of emotions that I hadn't felt since I was a boy. Oh, Detective Dixon, you must help me. I'm in such distress. My brother Robbie, he's gone missing. He's working with Rex Lincoln, you see. He's a scaver looking for pre-war missiles to sell to the Enclave. It's not honest work, but it pays well. Please, oh, Detective Dixon, 
I know you have the best track record amongst all the private dicks ah, in the DC old area. Rex Lincoln, two-bit criminal turned mafia don. Seemed as if my last few big jobs, all roads, led to Rex. This one time, I thought I was about to get him, and I walked right up to his door, and it was locked. But it seemed as if the key was not under the mat. Maybe this would finally be my chance to pick that door and open him up to a world of justice. That's why, Detective, I just doubt I could go on living in this cruel, cold world without my little brother Robbie by my side. So, what do you say, Dixon? Would you help little old me out? Look here, miss. Rex isn't the type to be taken lightly. And I don't even know if Robbie's out there. And hell, I don't even know if I could bring him back. You have to do everything that you can. I have the caps, I promise. Please, Detective, please, you must help me. There I was, looking deep into a brown well of emotion. I saw hurt. I saw despair. I even saw a little bit of myself. I was hesitant, but how was I supposed to say no to those eyes? I told her I'd take the job and it'd be half up front and half upon mastering. I rang up Alec and told him we had work. Alec's a good kid. Funny story how we met. A couple of neighborhood rabble-rousers were giving him the whip called up old Dixon to help him on out. He reminds me of myself at that age. Tons of chutzpah with his back against the wall. Alec, meet me outside Rivet City at the usual meeting place. You betcha, Double D. I met my protege outside the bridge and gave him the skinny. Look here, kid. We need to go into this old rust bucket and see if anyone's got any dirt on Rex or his kind. You want me to smooth with the ladies, Double D? Want me to play the lost kid act again? Nah, not this time, kid. We need to play it smooth like little babies. I got you, Double D. We entered into the dark, dank hull of the cruiser to a small watering hole known as the Muddy Rudder. It was the kind of place that a parent would go to forget that they had children and run from the fact that she brought them into this godforsaken wasteland. A warm, claustrophobic, wet embrace, like your mother wrapping you up in a blanket deep into the night before she scolds you for being late. A real bittersweet night. Looky over there, Double D, it's Rex's right-hand man, Lou the Ghoul. So check this out. I've got a big score coming from the Arkansas trade people. They're coming from these caravanners. They were delivering something for the Brotherhood. I didn't know what all what all this extra support is needed for from the talent. We're gonna ambush them and take all of it. Everything they have. I'll be swimming in the caps, me and the boss, and the old old Rex is gonna be here. Real good to me. Lou was drunkenly giving away his secret recipe to the crime-ridden pie. And being a ghoul, he had to be a little more than just three sheets to the wind. He had to be the whole damn bedside. So I gotta head back to the warehouse. The boss and me is meeting up to finalize all these plans, you see. We's about to be happier than a friggin' shit. Yes, we is. Yes, we is. Rex might even promote me on the spot tonight. Alrighty, Alec. Here's the plan. I'm gonna split. Tail this drunken low life to wherever it is he's headed. I want you to stay behind and see if you can get any extra details on him or the rest of his frock. Be careful, Double D. 
In two hours' time, meet me outside this rust bucket, and if I'm not back, the business is yours. You got yourself a deal, boss. So there I was, following a drunken man down a dark alley on a rainy night. He had me going left, he had me going right, side to side, and I followed him through a maze of twisted metal and rubble, spinning me around like a pre-war record. After what almost seemed like an exercise in futility, we rounded the corner to the Parsons Brothers fishing packery. And as soon as I got there, he disappeared into the darkness, lost in the shadows, and the faint smell of fish that never seemed to fade away. To make sure that I had all my bases covered, I took out my magnum as I hugged the wall, and my damp trench coat left a snail's trail after me. And that was mistake number one. After what can only be described as an eternity of sneaking around corners and covering my tracks, out of the corner of my left eye, I got a small glance at Rex Lincoln. I rushed after him. Mistake number two. I subcontracted my feelings to do a little extra work on this job. As I ran in, I let those feelings get a little overtime as I shouted out to Rex. Rex! I heard a tripwire snap, and the next thing I know, I was hanging upside down from the ceiling. Rex Lincoln, you two-bit swine, I'll have you pay for your crimes you've committed in the past and what you've done towards Miss King. Detective Donald Dixon. Why do you get all hung up on my goings-on? Where's Robbie, Rex? You shouldn't care about Robbie. You should care about yourself. Miss King? Oh, Detective, I played you like a fiddle. But why, Miss King, why? You see, Dick, Robbie got a little tied up selling secrets to the Brotherhood and wanted to blow my operation clear out of the water. Miss King, how could you do such a thing to your own brother? Detective, you certainly can't be that daft. He's one of Rex's goons. Mr. Lincoln and I have been shacking up ever since I moved to this one Brahmin town. But why get me involved then? Why not just deal with Robbie and leave me out of it? Two red roaches, one stone dick. Lou, Dolph, Sheech, take care of Mr. Dixon for us, will you? How did I end up like this? In some pre-war warehouse getting beat up by three goons uglier than a super mutant on a bad head. Now the boss had to see this one coming, but I followed him all the way to the Parsons Brothers Fish Packery. I don't care how long he's been in the business, a little backup goes a long way. I trailed him keeping my distance, running from fire escape and rooftop. I was swinging around like Jangles and Moon Monkey. I studied Lou the Goo and Double D as they entered the old fish packery. They both made a mistake, entering through the front door. Already having my vantage point, I snuck in through the window on the top floor. I should have told the boy to tell me. He could have gotten me out of this jam. Once I was inside the big warehouse, I looked around for any clues that could have shown me to where Double D and those thugs could have gone. Until I spotted mistake number two, a snail trail left behind by Donnie Dixon's trench coat. Rookie move, detective. Rookie move. The rainy wake left behind by my old sleuthing buddy was enough to lead me to the prize. Double D up by his feet on some large metal hook as some of Rex's goons beat the plasma out of him. 
I let out our singular call to be subtle, but still let him know I was there. Infamous, unmissable call of the pre-war owl. And just like that, our eyes met. met. Me all hung up on Rex's goons. And I getting a vantage point in the rafters, waiting for my chance to strike. And just in the nick of time, I saw the opportunity and took advantage of my surroundings. For some reason, there was a grand piano being used as a counterweight to hold up my private eye friend. I cut the ropes that were holding up, crushing three goons in a glorious bloody mess. Double D shot out to me in the rafters, and I freed him from those chains that bounded him. Hey, Double D, what you up to? Just hanging around? Look here, kid. Leave the wisecracks up to me. Quick, if we can get back down to the main level, we can go after Rex and Miss King. But first, we need to free Robbie. Oh! Holy crap! Thanks, Mr. Dixon. You really saved my hide there. It's all in a day's work, son. Now be on your way. We have some business to settle. And just like that, me and my pal Alec were once again on the road to putting the squeeze on old Rex and Miss King. Any idea where they went, Double D? They ran out the back door like a couple of cowards. We ran at a breakneck speed towards their last known location back into the wasteland while the rain really started to come down. And there was Mr. Lincoln, in between me and the Potomac River with nowhere else to run. Noticing the predicament that he was in, he whipped out his pistol, grabbed Miss King, and put it to her temple. Oh. A real rock in a hard place. Stop right there, Rex. There's nowhere else left to run. It's over. I exclaimed to him as I drew my magnum. Detective, if this just so happens to be our final meeting, may I ask a question of you? Get on with it, Rex. What gives you the right to impose your special blend of justice on me? What makes your outlook so much better than everyone else who perceives this world? An overinflated sense of ego? An overwhelming sense of self-right? Or are you just running from something, detective? Enough with the theatrics! Blow him away already! Not now, sweetheart. The men are talking. So what will it be, Mr. Dixon? Let the lady go, Rex. She doesn't need to be hurt. I need an answer, detective, or the lady here will be missing a large fragment of her skull. I had enough with this character, and so did my feelings that I subcontracted to help out on the job. So I took my shot. As I raised my sidearm up to take aim at him, it was almost as if the world around me had stopped. Letting me take the most precise shot that I could, and yet, still wasn't quick enough. The spineless shill of a human being that is Rex Lincoln moved Miss King in the way, taking the bullet in her shoulder as he ran away. I tried to rescue her, but she shoved me off and ran into the direction of Rivet City to seek refuge of some sort. What happened, boss? How did you get wrapped up in this mess? Mistake number four, kid. Never trust the dame with a misty eye. I, I just gotta, just gotta ditch town for a little bit, just, just a little while. I just gotta get back to the, to the safe house and grab all my loot out of the safe, and I should, I should have enough for two, maybe three, three weeks. Just, just enough for that pesky d- detective. You thought you got away with this, Rex? <sighs> 
How did how, how, how did you find me? Again with these pointless questions. I, I don't think you understand what you're about to do if you kill me. You're about to make a very, very powerful enemy. All of this is going to be getting back to Mr. Goldman. <laughs> Days later, Alec and I were going over the notes of another case that we were going to undertake. Wow, this is going to be my first real job. What do you mean, Al? We've been on tons of jobs before. Yeah, but now I own the business. You took more than two hours' time, and I had to save you from those goons. I think with the money from this job, I'm going to change the sign outside from Don Dixon's detective agency to Alex's detective agency. Well, then it's nice to meet you, boss. I was working for the original owner for more than 20 years. Think maybe I can get a pay raise? I'll see if it's within our budget. Hey everybody, this is Kyle. Uh, you might recognize me from a previous podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, this was written by me with the help of Vince and Declan, and uh, I did the voice of Alec. But, uh, yeah, it was very fun uh, coming up with this idea. Tune in next time for another dramatic and mysterious tale of Detective Dixon. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast.